Welcome to the Gym Lords Podcast, where we talk to real gym owners and share their stories, their trials, and what's working for them right now. To apply to be a guest on this podcast, click the link in the description. Hope you enjoy and subscribe. What's up, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Brooke. Joining me on the show is Charlie from Red Beard Barbell out of Windsor, Berkshire, UK. Welcome to the show. How are you today? Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm good. Thanks. How are you? I'm good. Excited to have you here. Um, Thank you for spending some time with us, giving back to the industry, taking some time out of your day. We really appreciate it. Before we dive into your business, what you have going on, I like to know a little backstory. So give us a brief backstory as to what it was, Charlie, that led to you opening up Red Beard Barbell. Uh, the, I'll give you the shortened version. The longer one's going to take us a while and we've, uh, we've not got a lot of time. Um, in short, my background has always been quite competitive, always done sports, be that rugby or weightlifting or any other thing I can get my hands on. Um, and you know, the, the, the kind of process of opening up a gym was quite organic. Mm-hmm. Um, I started lifting in a gym when I was about 12 years old. Um, I'm now 34 to give you an idea. Um, and yeah, it was really one of those, been in the industry a while, starting coaching, qualified as a personal trainer in 2007 and, you know, just always wanted to run my own place. Um, and yeah, I think it was just kind of one of those things that was always going to happen. And then the, the, the kind of process of doing it was around conversations I've had with other people and the kind of isms and dogma that was approached around the industry. You know, there's a lot of kind of guruisms and we've always done this, therefore that's how we do it. And there's a lot of um, this kind of nonsense that floats around. Um, Got a little on my high horse about it. A few people said, "Well, why don't you go do it then?" And here we are. That's that's kind of that's kind of the long and short of it. So that's kind of how we got into what we do. How we opened the place, um, and now it's you know this kind of case of getting people through that want to get stronger and train and that sort of stuff. So. Yep. Yeah, it's something that uh, you know you were passionate about. So then you went and opened up your own because when you love something so much. Who can do it better than you, right? <laughs> and that's really like kind of what happens in this industry uh, in terms of starting businesses. So props to you for building something out of it. Um, so Redbeard Barbell, give us your elevator pitch. Tell us who you are, what services you have to provide. Paint a picture for us. Paint a picture. So we are a community-focused, it sounds really tweet. We're a community-focused club. Um, we're a club first and the sports a second. I think that's really important. Um, so everybody's welcome from total rank beginner to kind of elite international athlete. And we like to think that we've got all of the kit there to provide that whole spectrum of person. Mm-hmm. Um, everybody's welcome, no judgment, no nonsense, no BS. It's just a kind of turn in. If you want to get stronger and have a laugh and make some good friends, come on down. That's kind of what we're about. We're a very open house, but we're very specific in what we do in the sense of, you know, it's, it's strength training. We have bars and weights and that kind of thing there's very very little else um that's kind of us so yeah okay so a lot of strength based kind of sports here and it's kind of cool because it is something that everybody can do however not everybody knows that they can do it and generally that's kind of the tough thing about being one of these more niche facilities like I know for me being that I'm CrossFit anybody can do it the way that we teach our classes, anybody can do it. But that name CrossFit, or for you, the name Barbell, is intimidating for the general population, right? Um, yeah. 
So my question here to kind of go with this is what sort of modalities, is it one-on-one, -on -one? is it group, is it, um, you know, like duos, trios, kind of what options do you have for your clients to um, utilize your services? Um, yes, to all. Um, we kind of offer, um, we offer out all of that sort of stuff. So we have the one-to-one -one options. Anyone that wants to book in with any of our coaches, um, people get a discount rate for personal training, one-to-one -one stuff. Um, the main bulk of what we do is kind of class-led. So we've got programs for Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, and strongman. Um, they're the three sports we primarily coach and deliver. Um, so we have the options to come down for the sessions for those where they are coached. So there's always a coach in on those sessions, which take place in the evenings. Um, and as I said, they're open to everybody. So anyone that wants to sort of barrel in and kind of have a go, if they've never done it before, it usually happens, you know, around this sort of time of year, people are looking forward to Christmas and World's Strongest Man airs around Christmas over here. So Strongman takes part and people want to come down for that. And then, you know, things around the Commonwealth and the Olympic Games, we get a lot of Olympic lifting taken up. So it's quite seasonal. Um, but the idea being anyone can kind of see what we do and go, I fancy that and just come down and do it. Okay, cool. Um, so that's kind of how we work. That's cool. All right. How many trainers do you have in the facility? Six. Six trainers. And are they employees of your club? Do they run their own businesses in your space? How does the gym make money from them? So a few of them are volunteers. So they're members of ours and they've kind of got themselves qualified and they deliver sessions kind of for us. So we effectively zero the membership and they deliver um, sort of okay. some of the sessions for us. Um, a few of them to know, you know, we have Joe and Phil, who are like two of our sort of junior coaches. They help me out a lot. Um, I think I imagine one of the things we're going to get to is, you know, our future and growth. And I'm focusing a lot at the moment on growth. So unfortunately, a lot of my time is taken up with the kind of dull business admin side of things. So my coaches are an absolute lifesaver for me. They, you know, they take hours off me in the week to help with the runnings of the sessions and stuff. So they're kind of volunteer coaches at the minute. It's great. Um, some of them were working through their qualifications and getting them more qualified and that kind of thing. But then the, you know, the goal being at some point they'll come through there delivering um, kind of more sessions or they're running sort of separate programs. They're, you know, doing more stuff and we can, you know, we can sort of pay them out and that kind of thing. Or the other option we have is for some of the personal trainers that come in, we have a sort of a monthly rent for personal trainers coming through and, you know, they take the clients in and do the thing there. So there's a couple of ways of doing things, but in terms of our coach, how we make money out of them, we're just kind of growing them as coaches at the moment. You know, they're, they're relatively new, they're newly qualified. It's kind of getting them into the, into yeah. the role as it works. Yeah. yeah, it's a it's a good way to get people started like on the right foot. Cause a lot of times like in this industry, um, somebody will hire a trainer and then they like hire them and then they say, okay, go swim on your own, go figure it out. Yeah. Um, I like what you're doing, like you're you're providing them the experience to learn the coaching side of things and gain the certifications and kind of do it at their pace um so that when it is time for them to come on and do something like this full time as you grow like they're going to be super successful um so good for you there now in terms of you know your trainers that are doing um personal training they're they're doing the monthly rent how much of your revenue within the business would you say comes from the personal training side of things? Is it a small part? Is it a pretty big part? Yeah, it's pretty small at the moment. Um, sorry, the big bangs in the background. We've got a fly killer thing. That was unexpected. Made me jump. Apologies. <laughs> um, so yeah, so our revenue from kind of PT rent is relatively small, um, mainly in part due to the size of our building currently. So I mentioned in passing, we're looking at growing quite significantly. 
Um, but at the moment, we've got a, our unit is a sort of a, sh a shave over a thousand square feet. Um, so you can imagine, you know, in the evening when there's sessions in here, it gets quite squeezy. So in terms of kind of when people can come in, so the personal trainers who come here need to have their sort of clients during, you know, peak time in the morning or through the day, um, just because we don't have any room in the evenings for them. So it's 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 not ideal for a lot of PTs. Um, the view being then when we move into a bigger place, eventually we've got more space. We'll have like a designated kind of personal trainer bit where we can put them and their clients and they can go and do their thing there. And it will, it makes it a little bit more, um, a little more niche, a little more, I don't know what the word is, but you know, they've got their own little space. They can run their sessions. So, you know, it's a little more private for them and their clients. And then, you know, obviously with that, the rent goes higher a little more. We can get a couple more PTs in. Um, and ultimately it's just there to kind of help the bottom line. Um, it's never going to be our main sort of income. Um, yeah. So yeah, in terms of what it pays in terms of the, the kind of bigger number, not a great deal. Yeah, um, I mean, I, I think that it is smart that you, um, you know, you have your niche, which is more of that kind of group, but you understand that it is something that does help the bottom line. Like if we don't offer personal training at all, like within our business model, we're kind of missing out because it is something that we can charge more for and that there is a market of people that would utilize that, especially like being that you do have your competitive athletes, if they're getting ready for a competition, of course, they're going to want something like this. Um, and I don't know, I just think, think like full circle, it helps a lot to have, have the personal training side of things. Um, but let's kind of talk about your niche here, which is your group training. That's what people come to you for. So how does a membership to the facility work if somebody is interested in doing the group training with you guys? So memberships are really informal. Um, it's a monthly direct debit. It's no contracts, no sign up fees, no, none of that. It's just a kind of come on down. Um, and it's, it sort of works on the option that, you know, people don't like signing into big, long contracts um, and committing to a thing that either one, they don't know anything about or two may go, you know, it's, it's punchy, you know, it's, it's quite a, it's quite a price. Um, for sort of what we offer, we're relatively cheap given our area, but it's still a decent amount of money, especially now. Um, so memberships are come down, everyone gets a free session. So your first one's on me is trial because you might come down and absolutely love it, want to sign up and you'll never leave. You might come down and go, these guys are idiots, I'm never coming back. Um, in which case, totally fine. You know, you've not lost out. It's, it's very unashamedly kind of is what it is. Um, and you know, the people that love it, love it, the people that don't, don't. And I imagine, you know, you could probably echo that from your business as well. There's people that come through to a CrossFit gym have gone, this is amazing, I'm staying forever. Or the people, myself included, have come through and went, I nearly died, no thanks. <laughs> but um, it's that kind of thing. So we'll kind of we'll kind of rattle people through, get them all signed in, and then it's just kind of rolling monthly. Um, and then that depends on what they're trying to do. So there's, we have like the open gym membership, which is off peak. So during the day, we have individual memberships for Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, and strongman kind of like one of the three, we have an unlimited, which covers all of them. So if people want to do a bit of powerlifting and a bit of strongman, they can on the unlimited option. And then obviously they kind of go up in, uh, go up in price depending on what they want. Okay, gotcha. Now within that, um, how many, how many active members would you say that you have at the um, club? Currently we've got 115 members. 115. Uh, and you Which said that cool. in this space, that's pretty tapped out. You're you're pretty full. Yeah, we're, um, yeah, that's that's across sort of kids and adults. Um, we've got our kids sessions to come down as well, which is just um, awesome, frankly. So we've got well two types of kids. We've got our scamps, which are six to ten years old. Then we've got our strong kids, which are eleven to sixteen. Um, so across those, we've got classes in there. But you know, the, the sessions are about eight eight to ten people capacity. 
Um, so across our kids to then senior sessions, seniors, we've got a little bit more and then we kind of have anything between 15, 18, 20 people in a session. Are all um, the classes at their capacity right now? Pretty much, pretty much. We're, we're kind of, we're hitting that point. Um, it's been a little bit of a lull. We've just had our summer holidays over here. So people have been away and doing their thing. And um, kind of after COVID, it's been the first year in the UK where we've been able to kind of go out without restrictions. Um, so it's been fairly quiet for the last couple of months. Now kind of schools have returned back and everyone's kind of getting back onto things. We've just picked up again, like this week, I'm running on Tuesday, we've already signed up three new members this week. Um, so yeah, it's, it's busy and we've just got to manage where people are going into classes, put more classes on. This is why I'm working until, you know, sort of late hours because we're putting more classes on through the evenings and stuff to accommodate it, which is, you know, it's a great problem to have, so. Yeah, so realistically right now, I mean, you said you welcomed members in already and it's only your three members in it's only Tuesday um, <laughs> but realistically like are you guys in a position where you can take on more people or is it like you can only take on more people if you lose people no we can still take people on um, the, the, the classes are at a kind of comfortable capacity but not every single class is so there's there's kind of wiggle so it's a case of when people want to come through it's sort of like when do you guys want to train and then it'll be a, you know we want to train in every single session like cool and then it's a case of kind of adapting the programming um so you know for example like the strongman is the most sort of challenging because it is the busiest sessions without doubt you know we haven't got an awful lot of places around us that do it um or do it well certainly so they're really really busy um and obviously then the staff is massive you know you start doing you know logs and yoke carries and atlas stones you know there's these big big bits of kit that take up a lot of room and don't have an awful lot of carryover to anything else so the strongman classes are a problem um and we're sort of, you know, we're, we're encroaching a bit. If people act sensibly and they kind of train together and work around it, well, then we're good. But, you know, to answer your question, yeah, we need, to, we, need, we need to move into a bigger place fairly soon or it's going to be a case of, you know, we've got to start a waiting list and that's not a great problem. Not much. It is a good problem to have, but it's not a great position to be in. You know, I don't want to wait yeah. a list of people and then find elsewhere, you know? For sure. So since you are, you know, really in a position where it sounds like a big priority for you is finding a bigger space, how far away is that? from some, like being something that actually happens? It's really difficult to say. So I've been looking at places for a while, um, but certainly over here, the, the, the kind of market for that kind of small to mid-sized industrial unit is enormous. Um, so you, know, you, you, you put an offer on on a place and then 10 other businesses put an offer on and it's, it's kind of a race to the top as to who's going to put the biggest offer in and who the landlord wants in. And, you know, the nature of our business is... Um, you know, a lot of the time you put an offer into a place and you say, you know, what do you do? And we go, we lift heavy things up. And they immediately think, well, our floor's trashed. So we're going to go with these guys who do storage. Um, so that's one big issue is there's a lot of businesses around looking for these sort of places, which is, you know, I think it's a good thing. A lot of businesses are recovering from COVID and there's, you know, people are growing, which is awesome. Um, the other thing is the, the location I'm in is punchy for like price. So, you know, cost per square foot is a lot of money. So I've got to be a little selective on where I'm going and it's got to be right. Um, right. Parking's a big thing. And, you know, if we can find a place that's, you know, it's a great space inside, but we've only got two parking spaces, that's a big problem. Um, so finding the place is tricky. Um, I've got a couple of offers on places in at the moment, but like I said, I'm, I'm not holding breath on anything, but I'm hoping to be moved within the next sort of three to six months is my kind of goal. Yeah. So um, since you are kind of looking to move within the three, the next three to six months, and it sounds like it's been, you know, like you said, a little, little difficult um, to find the perfect place. Um, if this 
doesn't happen, how will that affect things at your facility? It's quite, uh, that's a horrible question. So it's one of those questions that I have to confront. So it's, if it doesn't happen, I've kind of gone in with it, the approach that that's not an option, but I have to accept the fact that it could be. So if it doesn't, nothing drastically changes from where we are now, which basically means that our business stays stagnant. So we can't bring more in, we can't kind of do more of the stuff I want to do. So things like that being, I want to run competitions in-house, we just kind of don't have the space to do so. So we can run powerlifting comps in here, um, but you know, that's provided we've got a little bit of outdoor space, which being the beautiful British weather we have a lot of the time relies on, you know, about a couple of weeks period in the summer where we can guarantee a bit of sunshine. Um, otherwise, you know, there's people pouring outside because the gym's just not big enough. And, you know, we've got the competition platform in here, three refs, spectators in a warm-up area. Um, all of a sudden, it gets really, really tight. So we did a competition here in the summer last year, this year, sorry. Um, and it worked really well because we had the outside space, but now it's kind of drawing in and the weather's turning a little bit. It doesn't work so well. So running competitions is a big, big thing we want to do. Um, and in the space we have currently, we just can't do that. So I'm constantly looking for other venues to run strongman competitions, for example, and weightlifting. So it just, if we don't move, it just hamstrings us a little bit in terms of where we want to be. So we sort of stay as we are currently and we don't really do much more. Um, so that's kind of the, the worst case scenario, which would suck. Mm -hmm. So, you know, what do you feel like you have to do now that we've kind of talked about what happens if it doesn't happen, which I feel like it can, but what do you feel like you have to do to make it happen? Like right now in your current life, what do you have to do to make sure that this move can happen? Like hypothetically today, if you were to just be driving down the street and you saw that perfect building for sale, there wasn't any offers in, you put in an offer, like, would that be something that makes sense currently right now today? Absolutely. Yeah, absolutely. So in terms of where we are as a business, we're in a pretty good place. Um, we're talking to a couple of people that are interested in investing, which makes it a lot easier as well. Um, you know, the, the, the bottom's falling out of the economy over here with various decisions from our, we'll stay out of politics, but various decisions have happened and it makes things quite tricky. Um, but you know, people back what we do, um, you know, with somebody else's pockets, it makes it very, very doable. So, you know, that landlords will look at us and kind of say, here's your last X number of years of finances, here's your accounts. We need X deposit and Y period of time committed sort of thing. Um, and at the time, we're in, at the moment, we're in a pretty good position to do that. Um, so if we was to drive down the road and see a perfect unit, the option would be then stop the car, get on the phone, get a viewing as soon as possible and then, you know, put an offer in that's fairly punchy. So it sort of grabs the landlord's attention and then hope for the best. Um, that's kind of where we're at, but yeah, no, we're, we're in a pretty good place at the moment business wise to be putting those sort of things into place. Mm -hmm. Well, I'm really excited to hear that. I mean, I think that this new um, location, whenever the time comes kind of opens up, opens up like a bunch of opportunities for you. And you sound like the type of guy who's really motivated by the idea of growth. So magic wand kind of situation, you get this facility. Um, what would that look like? Like what opportunities does that open up for you and for the club itself? Massive opportunities. So the competition thing, as I say, is a massive one. So my kind of main objectives as you know, the kind of kind of running the gym is to grow strength, to, to grow the sports that I love. Um, so Olympic weightlifting, powerlifting, strongman, to get more people involved in them, to get more people kind of um, enjoying the benefits that they come with, to get more people kind of into the club and doing what's 
you know, doing what feels good. And, you know, obviously it's subjective. You know, I love what I do and people that come here do too. So that's a big, big one. And with the bigger space, it encourages more people to come down. You know, we can have a bigger sort of open gym offering. So more people come down at any time of the day to come and use kit and they can see the like see the sort of coach sessions happening and they'll kind of, you know, look over and go, I fancy a little bit of that and they'll come over and try that. So that grows the sport. Um, also, the competitions thing is a big, big option for us as well. Um, my sort of plan will be to run a competition a month. So like a kind of um, a quarterly strongman powerlifting, weightlifting, strongman powerlifting, weightlifting as it was. So, you know, we're not like a, a spring, summer, autumn, winter open for each of those sports. Um, you can get creative with it. You know, you can have, you know, like strongman masters, powerlifting masters, weightlifting masters comp. So, you know, the sort of above 35, 40s. You can have a uh, kids only quarter. You can have a opens quarter. You know, you can have that sort of stuff. So you can, you can get creative with it. But again, the more options you put on the table for people to do, the more likely you're going to get people in to do it and then obviously grow the sports. Um, so that's kind of a big thing for us would be competitions and obviously getting people into the gym in the first place. And then, the other way of looking at, or the, the other thing we're trying to do is grow um, like an international reputation. And that sort of starts with, you know, producing really good quality athletes that go out and represent us at competitions. Um, that's been noted. We've got a few really good powerlifters currently that have represented us at British and European level, which is awesome. Um, and British powerlifting has approached us to potentially host the British championships, which is a massive step. Um, and all of that stuff locally, we're in a relatively small town, so this stuff gets spoke about. Um, all of these little opportunities that flag themselves up, put us in a good light, and they attract more people in to come and do what we're doing. Um, so definitely being in a bigger place would certainly help us grow and expose the sport some more. Um, but also, one of the things we're really keen on here is kind of education. Um, you know, sort of running seminars and workshops for people, um, one of the big things we want to do, I think, I think I mentioned earlier on, is get more women and kids into lifting. Um, so, you know, running a seminar for people on why, you know, kids doing lifting isn't terrible, or, you know, why it won't make women bulky, or the usual kind of um, uh, objections that we get that are, you know, for you and I, fairly old and dated, but, you know, there's still objections that exist. So being able to kind of offer that as education is really important as well to, you know, sort of decrease the level of, what a better way of putting it, decrease the level of ignorance and get more people enjoying it for, what it is you know yeah absolutely i think that this you know it, it's so exciting because i know we talked about it earlier on but being that you are doing these more strength-based sports this opportunity of you know growing allows you to help more like everyday people um just like this is something that people can use to get healthy um not everybody can go into a big box gym and figure out how to work out on their own and be successful but most people can follow a coach and have somebody show them what to do. And so it's really neat that, you know, you guys are really able to do that. And I'm excited to see you continue to be able to help your community. And I want to thank you for being here today. But if our listener wants to follow you guys on social media, where do they go? Where, do, where can we find you on social media? So we're on Instagram. We're at Redbeard Barbell Club. Um, pretty much from there, you'll find us everywhere else. Um, so we're Instagram and Facebook. That's kind of our primary bits. Um, awesome. And that's there, and that's kind of us. You'll find all of the bits and pieces we do on there. Easy enough for us to find. Thank you, you so much for being here today, Charlie. And listeners, thanks for tuning in. Don't forget, guys, if you want to stay notified about future episodes, please hit like and subscribe. 
And if you want to join us for an episode here at the Gym Lords podcast, fill out the link in the description. Our team will be in touch with you soon. As always, until next time, Gym Lords out. Thank you for listening to this interview, but don't go anywhere. We still have two more incredible interviews coming right up inside this episode. But if you're a gym owner that's looking to get more clients, keep them longer, and make more money, head to the link in the description of this podcast and schedule a free leave your credit card at home consultation with one of our business consultants. You see, here at Gym Launch, we've helped over 4,000 gym owners across the world increase their sales, take home more money, and build the business of their dreams. And it simply starts with a phone call. Click on the link in the description of this podcast to schedule your call today. Now, let's head into the next interview. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is JJ Hernandez. And joining us on the show today is a very special guest. It is the one and only Lynn with Tribe Fitness out of the UK. Lynn, what is going on? Happy Thursday. How are you feeling today? Yeah, yeah, good. I wish the uh, I wish the weather felt as good as I do. But uh, yeah, all good. It's typical rain here in the UK. There we go. Yeah, I mean, I, I understand completely. I understand. and uh, But we're excited to have you on. I think we're about ready to dive into the nitty gritty here of what you have going on with Tribe Fitness. But okay. first, you know, let's give the viewers some perspective. I'll start with a very basic questions. A very basic question, I'm sorry, which is how many members are you serving currently? Uh, currently, so we run a couple of packages. We have monthly members um, that obviously are what this what they says on the box. They're monthly members, um, and we also have six weekers who come in and do a six week program with us. They usually about ninety nine percent of those actually turn into monthly members. So we currently work with in total uh, about eighty five to ninety uh, to ninety members. Plus we have PT clients who come in, so that would push it over the hundred mark. Wow. Okay. Yeah. And so for you, Lynn, I mean, what's been the best method of getting new people interested and through the door? Um, referral. Referral is the best. Uh, we have really some really good key clients uh, who are quite active in the community uh, or the local community. They've referred and referred and referred. Um, we are um, an all female um, group facility. Uh, so and we tend to only train members over 30 years uh, 30 years old so uh, we don't get the um, you know the, the younger ladies coming in um, who kind of want to do the insta shots and, and and stuff like that we do get people who want to come in and we're trying to deal with their lives their hormones changes in their lives kids um, and so we do work off referral but also Facebook marketing has been a great one for us and also Google Google as well yeah. we do try and update our Google uh, as much as we possibly can yeah. Okay. And I mean, I know you said you're at that 100, 110 mark here. So I mean, let's say leads, traffic, clients, all these things were hypothetically unlimited. I mean, yeah, how yeah. much higher could you go than that 100 mark? <laughs> We've always we always keep slots in so we can add because um, we are a group training facility so um, we always keep time slots available for people to to or that we can grow our facility probably about 150 would be our maximum. Um, only because we want to know every every member. I'd like to know them each by name, um, kind of understand who they are, what their pressure points are, uh, where they are in the training journey, where their movement is. Um, it's great to get somebody to lift a weight, but if they can't lift it correctly, it's not, not much good. Um, so we do try and really kind of focus on it being group training, um, personal training in a, in a group setting, really. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 I'm not sure if you're a one a one woman team here, but how are you able to manage track 
and know, you know, how long someone's been with you, if they're canceling, like, how do you know those metrics? Uh, I'm not a one woman team. So, uh, but also my background prior to, to this, um, ducking in and out of training at various different times in my life, but my prior, my, my background training to this is working in it. So we have a system that, that tracks a client, brings a client in, tracks a client's journey, um, will automatically, if they're not booking on sessions because everything's automated, um, if we'll, we'll contact them and also contact me if they're not booking on sessions. Um, so I can try and keep pace with them as much as I possibly can do. Um, and also because we keep our membership quite small, trainers get to know people, clients get to know people. So we kind of can, can really good, have a good temperature gauge of where everybody is. Yeah. And I appreciate you sharing that with us. I think that's great that you track those metrics. I think a lot of gym owners lose sight of that, right? I mean, they track everything mm-hmm. and then it comes to their metrics and they're like, hmm, I don't know. I think I don't know as well. No, we do. Yeah. It's great. And I think that's, that's important, which kind of leads me to my next question here, which um, is, a, is a little bit of a longer question, but a good question in itself. So, um, you know, what we use most prominently in the fitness and gym world are going to be three pillars of business. It's going to be number one, your lead generation, right? Which is just your marketing, mm-hmm. getting people through the door. Number two is going to be your acquisition, which is your sales, right? Getting somebody from an interested client to a paying client. And then number three is going to be your retention and ascension, which is keeping your clients longer, but getting them to buy more from you in that process. So of mm-hmm. those three, Lynn, where do you feel like you could improve the most? Um, when we first started the business, we, we did have additional product, for instance, like kit that would be emblazoned with our logo. Um, and the, the whole view was to have kind of three levels or three, three pillars coming in which would be group training, personal training, and, and additional sales. Quite quickly ditched the additional sales, probably more so because of COVID, really. Um, you know, we do we do well on our group. Uh, we've got a fantastic community. Um, we do well on our personal training, um, but we don't really push the additional sales. We have just recently got a 3D body scanner in, which is going to be hopefully our third pillar. Um, so people can come in from other gyms um, that don't necessarily just want the impedance machines they want to see and feel and touch uh where they're where they're growing where they can see you know rather than somebody use calipers on them or just on like i said on the impedance they can actually see bicep growing legs growing they can see though that the inch gain inch loss they know where the bone mass is you know so some of those really key important metrics they can they can understand you know body composition as opposed to everything else that's awesome. That's awesome. And I have two more questions for you. My two favorite mm-hmm. questions. You know, what's the bigger picture for you long-term? Let's say five, 10 years down the road. What are you trying to accomplish? Um, I'd, I want to be a key part of a, of a female community, if you want me to be honest. You know, I've done, I've, I've done building the businesses in terms of, you know, my pe- previous business. This is very much a passion for me now. Um, I'm 53 years old. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, ecstatically happy with the services that I offer to the ladies you know I'm told every day that it's, it's invaluable to them invaluable to them to get help get through life um, and and I just want to basically be be more important within the community that we you know and affect and, and, and touch more people and um, we are we do a series of events every year um, where we might go and do a, a tough mother event or, or some other kind of um, some other kind of sporting event or, or even just a sponsored walk. And we tend to um, adopt a charity that we do that for that's quite pertinent to the female community as well. 
So, you know, I'd like to I'd like to bring more to the community in all honesty. But I'd also like with these pressing times, it's pretty, pretty hard going for gyms in the UK at the moment. Probably it is worldwide, but more so with us with kind of the cost of living going through the roof that you might that most people might have heard about. But um I try and keep my my price to my members. I'm staying sturdy. So our profits are being squeezed. Um, but we're keeping the price to our members as low as possible so that more people from all areas of life can can you know come in and and work with us yeah yeah <clears throat> excuse me and i think uh i think that's great i think when you can broaden that audience i mean it, i mean you're just naturally going to get more foot traffic right when you could speak to yeah. them and be like, hey like this is a, a, a place for you i think yeah. that's great and i've got one last question which you know is my i think i'm really curious to see your response on this and it's Simply, you know, if you could go back in time here, Lynn, to when you first started the gym, sit yourself down with the knowledge you have now and give yourself that one piece of advice you think you really needed to hear when you first started, what would that advice be for you? It's a really tough question. Um, we started actually in, um, in school gyms. So we rented space in school gyms. Um, I think I'd have, I'd have invested more quickly, more quickly. Um, I don't think I'd have procrastinated as much. We now are in our own facility and we've been through in some very strange facilities, <laughs> renting places out. We're now in our own. Um, I would have done that a lot quicker. I would have very much decided to be an all-female facility a lot quicker. I, I don't think, I think I would have trusted my own judgment a lot more. Um, as opposed to listen to other people's advice and other people's opinion that have maybe been in the gym industry a lot longer than me. Um, sometimes your gut feeling is the one that should should win through. Um, and that's about it, I think. I think I would have literally just trusted my gut and trusted my own business intuition as opposed to um, listening to what everybody else's opinion is because their opinion is their opinion of their experience. That was a mic drop of an answer there, Lane. It's a good place to wrap things up on this episode. But before we sign out, I mean, please let people know where can they find out more about you and the gym? Is it Facebook, social media, website, anything? Yeah, you know? Facebook and social media. I mean, we're on, we're on Instagram under Tri Fitness. Um, we're on Facebook as Tri Fitness uh, in Preston. Uh, we're on, we have our own website, um, which you'll find under Team Revolution. It's how we, how we originally started. Um, but we're, we're now tried fitness, but you'll find us under www.teamrevolution.co.uk. Uh, we are in Preston, which is in Lancashire in England, um, quite close to Manchester. Uh, we are on Preston Technology Park, if you're from Preston. Uh, we service women only, um, 30 plus, as I've already said, but we do have some people that bring their daughters in um, who are quite anxious of going to commercial gyms. Um, they are changing in the face of of, of post-COVID commercial gyms. So they do come to us to kind of help with their anxiety levels or help with the fitness levels. Uh, and we have, and we welcome members up until we've actually got, uh, our, I think our oldest member 73, um, who comes and works out pretty hard and probably can give a lot of 30 year olds a good run for the money. Um, and, and, and to find out about me, you'll find everything you need to know by coming along and seeing me. Um, I am who I am. Um, I, I've, uh, I'm a bit of a hard trainer, but I'm a pussycat really. Um, and, and, and I enjoy seeing people grow. I enjoy seeing people be the best they can be and whether that is in their strength, whether that is in their personality or whether that's getting rid of some anxiety issues that they've got. That's, that's just me. I like people there seeing the best they can be. There we go. We absolutely appreciate your time and contribution in the podcast. And I look forward to seeing what you can accomplish down the road. 
Um, if you don't mind sticking around for two more seconds, I just want to let you know how you can get the podcast. I'd really appreciate it. I'm just going to go ahead and sign everybody else out over here. Okay. Awesome. And to everybody else who tuned in today, we appreciate you as well. Don't forget, if you want to be notified about future episodes, hit the like and subscribe button. And if you want to come in, join us, talk about your fitness business, click link in the description, fill it out, and our team will be in touch with you very, very soon. And as always, till next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you for listening to the podcast so far. Don't go anywhere. We still have another episode coming right up right after this word from one of our sponsors. The Gym Lords podcast is sponsored by Prestige Labs. Prestige Labs is the first and only nutritional supplements company built by gym owners for gym owners. Prestige Labs solves the problem that all gyms have experienced, the broken inventory model, low commissions, and even lower quality products. Prestige Labs provides 100% drop shipping, zero inventory, PhD formulated high quality supplements for you and your clients. The goal is simple, cover 100% of your rent while never sacrificing your integrity. To learn more or to become an affiliate of Prestige Labs for free, apply at affiliate.prestigelabs.com. That's affiliate.prestigelabs.com. Double your client results, double your income. You can head to affiliate.prestigelabs.com to become an affiliate for free. Now stick around for the rest of this episode. Use coupon code GYMLORDS on prestigelabs.com for 20% off all future supplement orders. What's going on, everyone? Welcome back to another episode of the Gym Lords Podcast. I will be your host today. My name is Joe Fitzgerald. Joining us on the show, we have Ed Miller of The Rack coming to you down from Atlanta. Ed, what's going on, man? How are you? I'm good. How about yourself? I am doing tremendously. I'm excited to dig into this and and pick your brain on the business side. Obviously, our podcasts were focused on the entrepreneurial angle of the fitness industry. But before we venture off on that journey, Ed, I think context is important here for you. Give us a little bit of an idea of of what the rack is for people who aren't familiar with your business or, or you in general. Give me the elevator pitch. How do you describe this gym to other people? Sure. We, we are essentially what you would see in a professional setting. So either a uh, professional team setting or a big time kind of uh, college program setting um, in terms of our, our, what we look like uh, in terms of what we do. Um, we train pretty much anyone and everyone. So we work with athletes from young kids to high school to college, all the way up to pro. Um, and we work with, you know, a lot of general population clients. So lawyers, doctors, uh, CEOs, and, you know, mom and dads. So um, we kind of, we kind of treat everyone as an individual here. It doesn't matter, you know, uh, from what walk of life you're from, you kind of get that individual attention and uh yeah that's that's what we do yeah so uh, a lot going on under one roof take yes. us back a little bit to to not necessarily the day that you opened the doors but take us back to the day that the idea sprouted in your head i'm gonna open up a gym of my own and, and go out and venture and do this thing what yeah. was going on for you what was the original goal how did we make this happen so i i've been doing this for 16 years uh in this industry for 16 years now and um, originally, kind of out of college, I had the opportunity to have um, what I thought was my 
<clears throat> kind of my big time like dream job and um what was that uh that was going to be working in a sports performance facility and it was just strictly you know training athletes and i i really thought that that is uh that's where i was going to be and that's what i was going to be doing and um long story short i was at a kind of a like a posh health club at the time and had been there for a little while and had built up a good clientele base. And, um, I just wasn't ready to, uh, move yet. And I had an offer from the sports performance facility and, um, it was kind of like a, a part-time offer. And I thought, well, I can still train where I'm training now and then kind of do this as well and kind of, you know, build up over there and, and then kind of leave when I'm, I'm ready to leave. And, uh, about a month into that, I, I got a call saying that they <clears throat> had to fire someone and they kind of needed me full time and mm. wanted to come on full time. And I just wasn't, I wasn't in space yet where I was ready to do that. And so I kind of turned them down and, you know, and stayed at the club where I was and, uh, flash forward another year or so. And I was just really, um, not burnt out, but I had, I had trained a ton of clients and had built up a ton of clientele at the place where I was and was just really kind of kicking myself, looking back and thinking like, you know, I passed yeah. up on, on the job that I really wanted to do yeah. and, um, got approached by actually someone who works with my wife, uh, about opening something like that and asked if I would be interested in, in kind of, uh, partnering up and doing that. And, uh, I said, absolutely. And yeah, not going to pass that opportunity yeah, twice. Yeah. And so, um, kind of took all of, or a lot of 2015 to kind of talk and plan that around. And about six months into planning that, uh, he, he found out that his wife had cancer and kind of had to pull out of, you know, that situation and so I was kind of left with just the idea but not really any uh any financial backing or anything like that and um so kind of had to go back to you know square one and kind of decide like if that was something that I really wanted to try and do and um after talking with my wife and uh, kind of thinking about it, we were kind of like, you know, we could do this. Uh, we think we could do this ourselves, the way that we had it planned and, and everything like that. And um, at the time, um, I, uh, this was, yeah, this was 2015. So at the time I approached um, another coach who I was working with and kind of talked to him about what he would think about maybe, you know, uh, going out on our own and, and uh, opening something up like that. So that's how the idea for this place uh was born yeah and so some uh, some unique circumstances but a lot of common themes of, of yeah. reasons that that people go it sounded like fairly successful as a, a personal trainer in a health club yeah but a lot of the time at a certain point you you hit a ceiling and there's nowhere yeah. to go you you kind of start looking at you know how many people you're training and how much you're working and and what you're kind of 
getting from that situation. And, uh, you know, I think the majority of people that get into this industry always, you know, at least, at least maybe not, you know, 95% of the people, they kind of think about opening their own thing at some point. Um, and I will say like, if you, if you are in a gym where you're kind of a, you know, W2 employee and you're, um, you know, not an independent contractor, uh, I think, I think for me, at least that was a good way to kind of understand more of the business side of things, because I got to see a lot more of that, uh, in there. And I got to see, you know, the way that, uh, systems are put into place and, and, uh, you know, from a marketing standpoint, from a, uh, from a, you know, client retention and referral standpoint from, you know, just setting up pricing and everything like that. So, I, I got, you know, a lot out of that working for someone else for that amount of time, yeah. because it, it kind of let me see how, you know, from a corporate standpoint, that gym was run and, and things that I thought that, you know, we could improve on. So, yeah, there's a big jump in skill set from only having to worry about coming in and training your clients and, and the fitness aspect of it. Right. So then being responsible for the financials right. and making sure people are walking through the doors and making sure that everyone is safe and, and right. buttoned up from a legal perspective. There's a lot more hats that right. you wear suddenly as the owner of a business like this right. in your tenure, this has been approaching seven years now. Yep. What's been your favorite part about being a business owner and, and follow that up with what's been the most challenging part about being a business owner. Uh, I, I actually, you know, I, I don't know if, if anyone else will feel like this, but I actually hate being a business owner. Uh, <laughs> no, I, uh, you're, you're not alone in that. Yeah, I, you know, I just always, I always saw myself as a trainer and as a coach and I just, I love training people and I love, you know, continuing education and the science behind training people and, and getting results. And that's what I always wanted to do. Um, opening a business you know, we came into it, uh, my, myself and my uh, business partner at the time, we came into it. Um, we didn't come into this with a lot of debt. Uh, we're very fortunate in that respect. Um, you know, so we didn't owe anyone money. Uh, we didn't have to take it out, you know, a ton of loans and anything like that. And we kind of came into this with a big amount of uh, clientele to begin with, because we brought the majority of our clientele with us when we left. And um, so probably the, the heart, the most, the, the thing that I like the most about owning the business is, you know, I kind of get to do what I want to do. And, you know, that might sound, <clears throat> that might sound, you know, cliche and stuff like that. But um, the coolest part about me, you know, getting up every day and doing this is I get to do exactly what I want to do. And that's, that's work with any type of client, uh, you know, that I'm working with that day. Yeah. Um, it's the most rewarding part of it, uh, you know, because I'm, I'm really big on building relationships and, uh, you know, clients aren't just clients to us here. Uh, you know, I, I would, if you asked any of our clients, they would probably tell you that they talk to me more when they're not in here than when they are in here. Um, you know, we treat everyone like family and that's a big, big part of the atmosphere in here. So, sure. um, I would say, you know, the, the toughest thing about owning a business 
is just owning the business. You know, it's, it's, uh, I've got two young kids. Um, you know, I've got a, a, a six-year-old and a three-year-old and, uh, you know, that's a full-time job in and of itself, but, you know, I've also got six other people who I'm responsible for, you know, uh, in their careers here. And, um, you know, so it's, it is a, I think a lot of people get into this industry in, in the training industry and they think, well, that's cool. I can, you know, I, I like being in the gym, so I would like, you know, training people and, and that's great. Uh, but, you know, the, the owning a business and, and saying that you work for yourself, you know, I don't work for myself. I work for every single client. Yeah. I <laughs> Suddenly I have a hundred bosses, yeah, you know? <laughs> and, and so I, I don't just say, well, you know, I don't feel like going to work today, you know, yeah. or I'll just work from home today. And, uh, that's not really the way it works. And, yeah. um, you know, so, uh, so when we opened in 2016, you know, to 2019, I, I had a business partner and in 2019, I, I bought out uh, my business partner. And so it's, it's just myself and my wife uh, now, you know, since 2019, you know, that are the yeah. kind of the sole owner. So, um, and then 2020 so that responsibility lands even more on you. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you I, I don't, I don't really have someone that I can, you know, kind of lean on and um you know from that standpoint um i've spoken to a few people with with this sort of sentiment that love the fitness side and and don't necessarily love the the business ownership side have you ever entertained the idea of like a gm or somebody to kind of oversee this yeah so we i actually uh back at the end of last year we we promoted uh one of my coaches uh to kind of that head coaching you know yeah. role to have somebody to to kind of go to yeah and and so he uh, his name's Jermaine Huff and and so he's my you know my lead trainer here and he kind of takes on a a much bigger role of just training people you know he's responsible for uh the team essentially he's responsible yeah. to make sure that they're getting all their stuff done on time and what what we need from them uh you know he's responsible with making sure that the gym is running smoothly uh, you know, so bringing on, I'm, I'm about, I'm all about growth from within, um, because anytime that you can take someone, he's been with me now for, uh, going on three years. So anytime that you can take someone that's been with you for that amount of time and kind of grow a position for them, uh, inside your business, I think that's much, much better than, you know, having an outside person come in that that's not used to your business and doesn't understand your business and doesn't understand yeah. the way, you know, that you interact with clients and, and yeah. stuff like that. So um, he's done a really good job with that uh, so far. And that does take a lot of, uh, you know, kind of stuff off of me and allows me to kind of, you know, lean on him a little bit. Yeah. Um, I think for me, it's tough uh, just because <clears throat> I like to be as hands-on with stuff as possible. So kind of giving up some of that, you know, responsibility and, and, uh, uh, delegating responsibility is tough for me. It's hard. It's yeah. hard. So, um, you know, that's something that I'm still trying to work with. So an incredibly common theme that we hear on this show is a lot of the time the business because gym owners, and I'm, and I'm sure that when you started, 
you did have hands in all of these different yeah. things, it can be hard to let those things go and, and yeah. potentially let people fall on their face a little bit, but so that they can yeah. grow. Uh, the the business side of it and, and the reason that we have this show is is because it's a necessary evil of what we do right you need new people walking through your doors we need to host a sales conversation so that some sort of financial exchange happens we need to have our eye on these sorts of things for you guys especially post covid what's been working from a marketing standpoint how have you been able to to kind of generate some leads and generate some interest in joining what you guys do um, you know, word of mouth for us is still, you know, king, um, uh, kind of that, that marketing without marketing, you know, um, our, our business is predominantly built on word of mouth. Uh, we're kind of, we're kind of hidden away, uh, you know, physically, uh, location wise, uh, we're, we're very well centrally located, but you know, every time someone comes in, they're like, I, I didn't know you guys were back here. And, uh, you know, so we're off the beaten path a little bit, but, um, word of mouth is still big. Um, you know, even such a small thing, and, and this is a good business idea for anyone, you know, who hasn't done stuff like this before, especially with kids and athletes that you train in high school, you know, print up a bunch of shirts and just give those things out for free. Like, those are your billboards. Uh, yeah, you know, like it it might cost you a couple of hundred bucks up front, but I guarantee you you're gonna get, you know, tenfold back from that little bit of an investment. Um, you know, so doing things like that, um, our website has been the biggest probably uh lead generator for us uh to date. Um you think from people just searching like Google? Is that right? Yeah, yeah, just go you know, Google Analytics and stuff like that and uh just optimizing our website. Um that's still, you know, word of mouth and our website are still the biggest yeah. uh things for us. What about the social media side of things? I would assume with the demographic that you serve that a lot of this lives in in the realm of social media but i know a lot of gym owners aren't necessarily tremendous fans of staying up to date on social media how has that looked for you yeah we we definitely got to get better at that um and you know i think as uh at least for me i get so into the day-to-day -day stuff and i you know don't always think to take my phone out and do you know a post or or film something or take pictures or something like that and um so we're kind of currently looking for uh, one of my coaches actually handled uh, the social media for us uh, for most of the year and did a really good job with it, but she just recently moved. So we're kind of, we're looking for someone, you know, that's not necessarily a coach, but kind of like a assistant that can come in and just, you know, 24 seven is following us around and filming things and posting things and editing things and stuff like that. And, um, you know, so that's, that's something that we're really trying to add, uh, this year. So, yeah. Do you think at any point that, that that'll result in a little bit more target? It sounds like the marketing stuff that you guys have done has been more like brand awareness and getting the name out there. Do you think that you'll venture into the the paid advertising side of things at any point? We've, we've done that. Uh, and <clears throat> it just, for whatever reason for us, uh, it doesn't really work. And, you know, I know it, I've heard that. 
Yeah, I know <laughs> you're not the first to say that. And I'm, I'm not, sure. you know, I'm not trying to say like we're a, you know, we're the one percent, you know, like the specialty uh, or the, the special percent that it doesn't work. It just doesn't. It's never worked for us. Um, and we've tried it. And uh, yeah, I, I don't know what it is. Uh, I, I've heard this. Believe me, you're not the first. And it's just kind of this general jadedness about the idea for a small business like yours we don't have like tens of thousands of dollars to just willy-nilly throw at an advertising budget yeah. so it it can be tough when you get burned for example yeah. spending money and it doesn't quite result in in the outcome that you're looking for and so yeah. I, I think you're i don't think you're alone there especially in fitness because i mean like we said you're a coach. You, you think of yourself as this, this trainer coach. We're not a marketer, right? We, it wouldn't make sense for you to be kind of the, the expert go-to figure on this. Take me to the next step in the process. Uh, somebody reaches out, whether it's through the website or word of mouth or referral or whatever it is. Walk me through what a typical sales process looks like. Who are they yeah. talking to and, and what does that conversation entail? So, so typically what we have started doing, and this is, uh, has led to really good success, um, is my wife works in sales already. So she has a whole nother okay. career, you know, where she's, she's the director of sales, uh, for her company that she works for. That helps. And, yeah. And so we have, she has kind of taken over that, uh, that initial kind of reach out and, and the initial contact to, you know, uh, people who fill out forms on our website or call the gym or email the gym and, um, and what that has allowed us to do is, is she's, <clears throat> she's one of those people that uh, actually enjoys sales and enjoys the sales process. And so it's rare in our, field. yeah, yeah. And uh, you know, I hate it. So it's like, I'm, yeah. I'm not good at it. So yeah. um, she already kind of pre-sales people. And so once they come in to see us and, and go through their initial assessment and stuff like that, they're already kind of pre, you know, sold, so to speak. And so it makes our job much easier uh, because when they come in and they see the place, they're like, oh, this is cool. And then we take them through their assessment and, and they've never done anything like that before in terms of, uh, you know, the assessments that we do. Uh, it's kind of like, a, it's almost like a slam dunk uh, yeah. from a sales process. So, um you know, they come in, uh, we use an in-body system here uh, to do body composition and, and keep up with body composition tracking and stuff like that. And so we take them through that. Uh, we take them through kind of a movement screen. Uh, you know, we look at joint uh, movement. Uh, so ankle, knees, hips, shoulders, everything like that. Uh, and then depending on if they're general population or if they're an athlete, it can kind of differ you know, from there, of course. Uh, you know, the, the athlete side of things, we're going to do a little bit more performance testing, um, you know, with verticals and uh, sprints and timed, you know, sprints with lasers and stuff like yep. that. And, and uh, from a gym pop standpoint, it's going to be a little bit more about, you know, how well do you move? Um, you know, what hurts? Because uh, not, you know, the majority of people that come in, something is hurting and, and they're coming to us for a reason. So, uh, is all of this happening 
before they sign up and money exchanges hands or is this kind of after the fact yeah this is all before you know okay so you guys are really pouring value into these people yeah so we i i always like to give a ton of value um and i'm not above giving something for free you know so even if even if a client doesn't uh buy sessions with us um you know then at least i know uh from our side of things that we gave them a experience that they're not going to get somewhere else and and we put value into that and it's not just like you know it's not we're just disinterested until we start talking about money you know and um so okay and and so pretty time and and labor intensive in the sales process but i would assume that results in a a pretty good closing percentage right if they're there going through all of this that's a pretty bought in lead, right? They're interested. Yeah. I, I mean, if we can get them in the door, uh, the gym, the facility kind of sells itself, mm-hmm. you know, the coaching is, is that, right. is that, uh, that kind of icing on the cake because yeah. we're, you know, we are, I obviously I'm, I'm a little biased, but you know, my facility and my gym is, uh, miles ahead of, anything else that you're looking at in the city in terms of setup in terms of equipment in terms of you know just the overall being prepared for whatever type of client that we might be working with so and and for gym owners we we need to have that belief and that conviction if we want to charge any kind of meaningful rate yeah we need to believe that we are at least close to leading the pack in terms of quality yeah, I mean, we, we are a, we're a premium product, you know, and, uh, you know, we, we act as such and, you know, the facility is, is treated as such. Like I've, I've got, you know, if you talk to my staff, they would probably say I'm a little overly, uh, OCD about keeping it way clean in here, yeah. but, uh, you know, it's just that's not what, a bad thing. Yeah. It's it, that's what our clients expect and that's what they pay for. You know, that's a part of the experience and what they pay for. So, yeah. As you look to the future, I mean, our whole conversation has been, how do we find people and how do we turn them into clients? As we look to the future, where do you think your focus is going to be the most? Is it building up the membership? Is it adding on new services? Is it multiple locations down the road? Where do you see kind of the, the growth trajectory leading? Uh, for me personally or for, for the, the business as a whole? Both. Both okay. is a good response. Um, you know, as the business as a whole, uh, you know, I, we're still in the same location. I've, I've only had one location. Um, and we've still got a lot of growth potential in this location. So, um, you know, I'm, I'm right now I'm in the middle of my second lease and, uh, we still have a lot of growth potential here. The area that we're in is a really good area. Um, so I don't even think we're, we're beginning to be anywhere tapped out, you know, in this location, um, you know, from my coach's standpoint, continuing to grow them, um, and make sure that they they have all the tools that they need to be successful. Um, you know, the, the second location thing or the multiple location thing is always in the back of my mind. Um, but it's also something that I'm the type of person that I want to do everything. 
you know, I, I everything sounds cool to me, like in terms of ideas. And, and, uh, an idea guy. Yeah. yeah and, and so it's, I have to just make sure that if that's something that we do, that it's something that, you know, uh, not only financially, but just, just practically, you know, works. And um, for myself and, and kind of my, my own personal, you know, brand of things like, um, you know, obviously I'm only one person, so, you know, I can only do so much and can only, you know, train so much. So I'm, I'm in this stage now where I'm, I'm really trying to put more responsibility on my staff and kind of not come, kind of evolution. Yeah. Not, time. not come off the floor because I I'm always going to be a trainer and I always want to train people, but in order for us to grow and in order for uh, us to become as successful as we want to, I need to be, you know, uh, concentrating on other things, not necessarily just training, you know, 10, 11, 12 hours a day, Um, you know, because nobody's, and this isn't a knock on anyone, but nobody's going to grow the business the way that I can grow the business. And uh, in order to do that, you know, I got to have the time to do that. So there's a gentleman in the industry, Pete Dupuis, who runs Cressy's gym in a similar, similar nature to you, but he talks a lot about, I, I try to grow the gym and grow my business, not so that I can escape it and, and drink mimosas on the beach yeah. it's so that i can come in every day and focus on the things of, that i actually like to do yeah it sounds like that's kind of the sentiment that you're yeah. in and and that's uh you know that's like i said i've been doing this for 16 years and i've owned the business now for almost seven so i think that's the you know just the natural progression of mm-hmm. you know in order to run a successful business you've got to be more than just a trainer yeah. and, and you know and if you're the best trainer everybody wants to come to you and then you get stuck training yeah, everybody yeah you know so that's uh yeah. that's one of those things you know at the beginning of the year we we did a uh we went up on our pricing and again and, and we've only done that twice in our in you know in almost seven years and uh i myself and and this is something that i struggled with doing i went up on my pricing myself you know it's an uncomfortable thing right substantially and and i i didn't want to do that because i didn't want to you know obviously i i care about my staff and i don't want them ever you know feeling like i'm putting myself you know ahead of them um but in order for me to you know pull myself out of working on the business things you know to train someone it's got to make sense for uh for the business and and as well as my family yeah, you know, we need to elevate, right? Yeah, so that's a pretty good place for us to start to wrap this thing up, Ed. Before we sign out of here, why don't you tell people where they could learn a little bit more about The Rack? What's the best website? What's the best social media? Yeah, so we are, we're just therackapc.com. Um, and that's all of our social too. So we are uh, at The Rack APC on Instagram, uh, Facebook, uh, Twitter, everything like that. Um, that's going to be, you know, the best way, uh, to find us and to get in contact with us. So. All right. That's perfect. Ed, I, I really appreciate your time. I think our industry needs a little bit more candid conversations like this of, of what's going well and where we're still looking to improve, but I can't thank you enough. I'm excited to see what the future holds because it sounds like as you described, we still have a lot of cards to play and, and some yeah. moving parts. So 
I wish you nothing but the best, man. And I thank you for your time today. Thank you, man. Thanks for having me. Absolutely. And to everyone who tuned in today, thank you as well. Don't forget, if you'd like to be notified about future episodes, hit like and subscribe. If you're interested in joining us to talk about your business model, click the link in the description to fill it out. Our team will be in touch with you soon. And as always, until next time, Jim Lords out. Thank you so much for listening. If you found this content valuable, here's four ways we can help you grow your gym for free. One, grab a free copy of Alex Ramosi's best-selling book, Gym Launch Secrets at alexsbook.com. Two, join our free Facebook group at alexsgroup.com. Three, if you're a gym owner, you can apply to be on the podcast by emailing us at podcast at gymlaunch.com. Four, leave us a five-star review so we can gain access to more gym owners and bring those lessons back to you. And as always, Tap that button and subscribe to this podcast for more.